So today, 19 people are going to get baptized. But yeah, isn't that exciting? But what is baptism? Because uh, it is slightly unusual, right? Uh, people being dunked in a pool of water. And I, I, I think one way to think about baptism is it's a sign. It's a sign of lots of things that come with being part of God's family. Like, um, I wonder if you're in your family or in your household, you have signs that you use to communicate with each other. In our house, like one of the signs that gets used is you might go to the bathroom and the toilet lid is down and on top of the toilet lid is, is the cardboard core. Yeah, I see some of you guys do this as well. The cardboard core of a loo roll. And basically it's a sign that says, look, look, before you go to the bathroom, I want you to know and I care enough to inform you that we have run out of toilet paper but I don't care enough to go and get another one from the, from the cupboard. So it's a little sign of love. Um, and uh, families, cultures, workplaces are full of signs. When you shake somebody's hand, when you wave a flag, like we wear signs on jewelry or tattoos and they, they mean something to us and they communicate something to others. And baptism is a sign of many different things, of what it's like to be part of God's family. And today, I just want us to think about one of those signs. And it's the sign that, of the movement of baptism, that people come, and then they go down into the waters, and then they come up out of the waters. So in, down, and up. And it's a sign that in Jesus, we get a new start. We get a new start. But here's the really good news. It's not just one. You get a new start in every moment that you need one. From the small moments in life to the big moments in life. And then most importantly, at the end of life as well. So let's have a look at our reading, uh, which is Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 23. And this is one of the accounts of Jesus' baptism. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was, as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven that said, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Amen. I wonder what the shape of your life is. I wonder what the shape that you want your life to be is. It's often been said that one of the challenges of our time is that we're often told and we're often sold a picture of life that is a bit like this photo that basically it's a a gradual incline upwards, a little bit of effort until you reach your goals. But the problem is that might be my plans, but the reality is more like this. Uh, And it's all the way, and that's not even the half of it because there's not just obstacles to where we want to go. Some of these are dead stops. Relationships that break or uh, patterns, destructive patterns we can't interrupt or words that we can't take back, opportunities that end. And so the question is, how do we keep going when we feel like we're on the down and when we can, but it's hard? And how do we start again when we can't and it feels like we've reached the end? And that's why I want us to think about the movement of baptism. Every baptism proclaims the shape 
of the Christian life, i.e. the shape that your life will take as you seek to follow Jesus. Down and then up. Death and then resurrection. Tears and then joy. Loss and then everlasting gain. Baptism, if you like, is sort of a meta, big picture of the whole of your life with Jesus, but it's also a micro picture of every moment as we seek to follow him and every moment in which we need a new start. Jesus' baptism is a picture of God doing something for us. He takes on our story, and then our baptism gets to be where we say, Jesus, I want in on your story. I want the shape of my life to follow the shape of yours. So let's think about that movement. First of all, in. We read that when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Baptism finds its roots in Jewish culture. And it was sort of a sign of people coming to worship and they would cleanse themselves. And it was sort of a way of saying like, God, I've acted like I'm outside of your family and now I want to come back in. I want a new start. And so all these people are getting baptized and then Jesus comes and he gets in the water too. I I mean, what does that mean? Like Jesus didn't need a new start. He didn't need to be forgiven of anything. He'd lived a perfect life. What does it mean? Well, it means that God is with us. Right in the moment that you are longing for a new start, God is with you. You are not alone. God is not far away rolling his eyes like, here we go again. Right in the moment when you long for a fresh start, he is with us. When you decide to break that habit, when you decide to go to your meeting, when you ask for forgiveness, he is with you and he longs to help you. It's been said that, you know, he's on our side. He sides with us against our sin, not against us because of our sin. He's chosen us and now in our baptism, we get to say, Jesus, I choose you. I want to put my faith in you. Now, that might seem a bit strange to some of us. Like You might be thinking, well, why would you put your faith in this guy from 2,000 years ago? And I would really encourage you to explore that thought. Stay curious about that because faith is it's not believing in things that no one with any sense would believe in. Now, it's not a wish. Faith is not just a good thought. Faith is something that you stake your life on. And we all have to do this. All of us are staking our life on something or someone. We're trusting something or someone to help us get to the life that we want. You know, maybe you're staking your life on being true to yourself or or seeking after happiness or or the pursuit of wealth or, or maybe staking your life on just winging it to get you where you want to be. All of that is an expression of faith. Is hoping, risking the outcome of your life, that you believe that that will pay off. And so the question to ask is, well, will it? Will it pay off? And if there's any doubt, or if you can come to the conclusion that, "Mm, no, this isn't going in the direction, the good news is that Jesus says, I have another way. When Jesus says, you know, you should forgive other people. When he says, you know, this is how you should order your relationships. When he says, this is how you should use your wealth. There are all rival ways that promise a bigger return, 
But actually what I've found in my life is I've sought to obey Jesus. Even when it's half-hearted, even when it's not very good, what you get with him is way better than anything else. And the really good thing is he's with you on the journey. He's with you in and then he's with you in the way down. And that leads us to our next moment, the down. Those who come to baptism go down under the water. And part of what that means is, the good news of this is that your new start doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on my good efforts. Actually, if anything, I have to get out of the way. I have to die for this to happen. And that's represented by going down under the water. Um, we moved to Brighton just over a year ago, and uh, I'd never got to live beside the seaside before. It's wonderful, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing, but it's also overwhelming. It's also really humbling when you stand beside the sea. Like, it never turns off. Like, the waves just keep on going, whether you're paying attention or not. Unlike everything else that humans kind of make, it just keeps on going. And uh, last uh, December, my friend, Bob, came down from London. He said, right, let's go swimming in the December icy waters without wetsuits. And we were on the beach, kind of chatting, gearing ourselves up to go in. And we were like, we'll probably only stay in about five minutes. We lasted five seconds uh, before we had to retreat. Meanwhile, all these elderly members of the Brighton Swimming Club were just bobbing around for, forever. Um, the sea is powerful. It's winds, it's wave, the chilling effect it has on us. And in the Bible, it's often used to represent death, this powerful, irresistible force that we cannot overcome and is constantly seeking to overwhelm us. So when we see those people getting baptized, it's a picture of being buried with Jesus. We die to the things that mean we need a new start, our sin, our shame, our self-centered ways. But we also get to die to the other ways that we think that we can get a new start. You know what, like, I know, like, when I mess up, I often think, oh, you know, the way I get a new start is because I've waited long enough, you know, I've paid my dues, or, you know, I've been nice enough to those who I may be annoyed, or, or I've learned my lesson, and therefore I qualify for a new start. But actually, that's not good news, because that means that my new start is only as secure as my best efforts on my best days. Actually, the only way that is secure for this to work is to die to ourselves. What do I mean by that? I mean that I'm going to die to everything that I used to believe qualified me. Everything I used to believe that said that I was good enough or I was justified enough or I was going to build my life upon, say, I'm going to leave that behind for something better. What is the better thing? It's the words that are said to Jesus, said to Jesus at his baptism. Jesus is the only one who could qualify himself. He's the only one who'd live a perfect life. And yet at his baptism, he's quiet and he lets his Father in heaven speak on his behalf. And God looks at him and says, we read that a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At this point, Jesus had not really done anything, preached no sermons, performed no miracles, trained up no disciples, and yet he is loved. He's loved. 
He's loved. That's it. We are loved because we are loved because we are loved. That is your qualification for your new start. It's part of the power of watching children receive baptism. It's a reminder to us that we don't have anything to offer God that is not already his. And we can do nothing that he cannot do better without us. But by grace, he invites us in. He claims us for his own. And we get to join in with what we're doing. The other good news about going down into the waters is that I don't know about you, but I often feel out of my depth in family or in work or with mental health or with my own selfishness. But actually, none of that, that seems hard, but none of that compares to the challenge of being dead. Like there is no greater obstacle to life than being dead. And yet what we see is this is overcome. And what that means is no new start that you need is beyond the power of Jesus, which leads us to the up. Those that get baptized will go down under the water, but then we will. We won't leave you there. We will then bring you back up. Because the promise is, if we die with Jesus, we will be raised with him too. And do you know what? There is something that's hardwired into us because this is the very foundation of the universe. This resonates with us. This is why we love resurrection stories when the hero is at the lowest and then they come from nowhere. It's why advertising just goes after resurrection stories in its advertising completely. Like probably the king of this is Apple, partly because they're resurrecting a product every year that basically looks exactly the same. But like, I don't know if you've seen, they've just relaunched or resurrected the iPhone, new camera, new design, euphoria. It's a resurrection story. Or their watch, smarter, brighter, mightier. Still kind of looks like a watch. You know, and I'm not showing that because I got a sponsorship deal. Although we know we wouldn't be open. Um, but it's helpful because advertising is all around us. You can let it be a trigger for you. A reminder for you, every time you see a resurrection story, you can know, actually, I've got the bigger resurrection, the one that didn't cost me anything and also will not fade. Because the reason companies have to resurrect their product every year is because those resurrections fade. But we are promised a resurrection life that will not fade, but will go from strength to strength. Because actually, the ultimate picture of this is that we are promised life after death. All who put their trust in Jesus are given a sure and certain hope of the resurrection from the dead. And I have to tell you, it makes a difference. In my role, I get the privilege of being with some people as they come to the end of their lives and having a hope in Jesus, of having him walk alongside you as you navigate death. And he's been there before. That makes a difference. In fact, it changes everything. If the fear of death is limiting you, either through anxiety or the fear of futility, Jesus offers you a hope today. And because Jesus died, and he didn't just die of old age, he died the most shameful and painful death you can imagine, and yet rose again, it means that we can be confident that whatever we are facing, we will overcome too. Because wherever Jesus is present, whenever there is a death, there is always a resurrection. We're promised it at the end of our lives, but we're also promised it in the small deaths as we die to ourselves each day so that we can love our neighbor. See, this is not just a future resurrection life. 
This is a resurrection life that we are promised now. We read to close. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. In other words, baptism is the start line, not the finishing line. It's the starting line of a life following Jesus. And Jesus, you know, he came and he not only brought hope and healing to the world, but he now invites us to join in. And what that means is the resurrection of Jesus means that there is no area of your life that you can legitimately look at without hope. There is no area of Brighton that you can legitimately look at without hope. The resurrection of Jesus means that we can be people who expect to see relationships restored. We can expect people to find their freedom. We can expect to see miraculous healing. We can expect the people that we really love to encounter the God who loves them even more. Because like Jesus, that resurrection power is at work in our lives. And that gives us the confidence to deal with our own stuff, but it also gives us the confidence to voluntarily step into those challenging places in prayer and in action, as I know so many of you do already, to speak up for victims of injustice, to serve those in need, and to share the news that God loves us, he wants to forgive us, and have a friendship with us. And in that moment, when you risk it for him, in that moment when you die to yourself, you can be confident that resurrection power is at work in us and through us because wherever Jesus is present, whenever there is a death, there is always a resurrection. And so in Jesus' baptism, the Father looks at Jesus and with all joy says, this, this is my boy, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And so that leaves us a question. As you look at Jesus Is he your saviour whom you love with him and with whom you are well pleased? And in your baptisms today, and in those of us who are already baptised, this is what was said, this is what you said then. You say, yes, Lord, I love you and I want in on this life of love. Amen. Amen. Amen.